Welcome everybody to the Troy First Assembly of God podcast. We created this podcast to share our weekly messages from the Word of God, and we're so glad that you're here. So I want us to start by saying, today's going to be an intro, a little bit of background, but guys, hear the Word of the Lord through this, because even in the background information, even in the intro, God's got something to say to us. First, I want us to get it clear. This is not a storybook. This is not a history book. Amen? Amen. The book of Acts is scripture. Amen? There's a reason it's Bible. It is not just, you know, there are history books written about this time period. There's a guy named Josephus. That's what my mother called me when I was in trouble. (laughs) But there was a real guy named Josephus who is a historian. There, I, what I'm telling you is there are history books about this time period. Some of them about events in Jesus' life. But that's not scripture. Acts is scripture. And if Acts is scripture, then look at what the Bible says. All scripture is breathed by God, inspired. Inspired doesn't mean Guys, we got to get out of the Star Wars mentality about Jesus. The Star Wars mentality is that the Holy Spirit is the Christian force. It's just some, wow, is it, is, he's kind of nebulous, he's kind of foggy, he's kind of out there, and, and he just, he's a force, he's a movie, he's just this kind of an energy. Holy Spirit's personal. Amen. Amen. Every bit as much as God the Father is a person. Right. Every bit as much as God the Son, Jesus Christ, is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an it. Right. He's not a force. He's not some, some energy that you tap into. He's a person. He is, and hear me say it, guys, the Holy Spirit's God. He's every bit as much God as God the Father. And you know what being a person brings? Personality. Holy Spirit has personality. He has, he has a job. He has wants. He has things. Do you know you can grieve the Holy Spirit? Amen. Do you know, Paul says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't shut him down. Do you know you can ignore the Holy Spirit? Just like you can ignore anybody. All Scripture, we're going to be dealing with the book of Acts, but before we even start, I want to get you out of the, this is a history book, this is a story book. It ain't. It's Scripture. And all Scripture is breathed by God. Now, the reason I want to use breathe is because it's one of the crazy things. Old and New Testament, the word for spirit, Holy Spirit, it's the same concept. Old Testament, the Hebrew word is ruach. New Testament, the Greek word is pneuma. Both of them mean breath. Breath. It's the breath of God. Now, we use the word spirit, but even the English word spirit comes from the same root as inspired, which comes from the same root as respiration. Anybody know what it is, respiration? <sighs> to be inspired is to be God. <coughs> to respire is to breathe in and out. And the Holy Spirit is the ruach, the, the very breath of God. The pneuma of God. We use pneuma now when we get an, an illness. We call it pneumonia, when something affects our breathing. Or if you have a pneumatic drill, it works on breath, air, pneuma. But all scripture is breathed by God. And it's beneficial. Here we go. The book of Acts, this is not a history lesson. 
This is not a story lesson. This is beneficial for teaching us, for rebuking us. You know what a rebuke is? Stop that. That's what a rebuke is. Rebuke is simply saying, hit you on the hand and say, stop that, honey. For correction and for training in righteousness. So hear me say this from the very outset. Acts is written by a person. Hope we'll get into this in just one second, but boy, this is important. It's written by a person who is trained to notice details to get to an outcome. Trained to notice details to get you to an outcome. And the point of it is the outcome, not the details. Acts here is to show us what living a Christian life would look like once Jesus has ascended back to the Father. This is a normative Christianity. Regular Christianity. Get out of your head. Well, that was them and this is us. Because you know the stupid thing about a 2023 mindset? Well, Pastor, we got all this technology, see? So we don't need all that Holy Spirit. Oh? You tell me. Has human technology fixed every disease you deal with? No. Has it fixed every illness that comes against one of your family members? No. Has human technology given everybody enough relational sense to work out all their relational issues? Has human technology given us enough wisdom to know the right thing to do when we're trying to raise kids in 2023? Hear me say it, guys. You need the Holy Ghost. Amen. I mean, I was listening to Kevin Wallace this last week. Somebody asked Kevin Wallace, well, brother, do you need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? And Kevin Wallace said, you need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. <laughs> so, guys, Scripture is given to equip us for a, all the good work God's got. Look, look at this. Why is it here? So the man or woman of God may be fully capable. Anybody in the house will be fully capable? Amen. Equipped for every good work. I don't want to come up on some good work and go, boy, I wish I had the right equipment. Amen? Amen. Is there anybody here that is, is, is young enough and dumb enough to wish that you had the power that the apostles had? Anybody here ever come up on somebody that needed the healing and wished you could pray it? Anybody here ever come up on a situation and wish you had the, the faith, the power, whatever it takes to just speak the word of God and fix that thing? I have. Guys, I had it when I was 17. And I'm 61 years old and I haven't lost it yet. I'm 61 years old and I still long for the day when I come upon somebody and they say, my mom just had a terrible diagnosis and, and, and it's, really, it's really hard and she's in a lot of pain. And you know what? I want to do more than empathize and sympathize and feel sorry for you. I long for the day when God is living in me to the degree that I can say, I ain't got no silver and gold. But what I have, you're welcome to in the name of Jesus. Yes. Guys, when God pours His Spirit out on all flesh, your young men will have visions and your old men will dream dreams. I don't care what category you put yourself in, old or young, but I need you. If we're going to go where God wants us to go as a church, I need you to start getting some visions and some dreams of what could this church be if we moved in the power of the Holy Spirit? What could this place turn into? If No, I'm not talking about being crazy. And, and we don't even have chandeliers. You can't swing anyway. 
I'm not talking about jumping pews or handling snakes. I'm talking about the real power of God in everyday life, touching people's lives. Because you know what? You ain't got to preach a 15-point sermon to get somebody saved if you just prayed the prayer of faith and their mama got healed from cancer. They turned to Jesus. These signs shall follow them that believe. We believed long enough. We need some signs to start following. Amen? Amen. 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 So good. Let's talk about this book. Because, gosh, I love it. I love several things, and I'm going to go through these quickly. So jump on in here. First, it's the only book in the Bible un un unfinished. It just quits. Any of y'all ever read the book of Acts? It's Paul in chains going to testify in Rome, and we don't even get into Rome. We don't see what it just stops. And crazy enough, it's written in a technical, highfalutin Greek. The book of Acts is written in some of the best Greek in the Bible. And it, it ends grammatically incorrect. It ends on an adverb. The word akalutos. And the word akalutos means unhinderedly. It's talking about the gospel is moving forward with no fetters, no hindrances, nothing coming against the work of the gospel. But the book of Acts is the only unfinished book. Why? Because you're writing it. You are still living the book of Acts. And the work of Jesus in the earth through the power of the Holy Spirit is not done yet. Now, moving over, because I got, I got quite a bit of, of um, background here. Acts, many of you don't know, is half of a two-part set. It's a to-be-continued. Acts, actually, for the first 300 years of the church, there was no separate book of Acts. It was the second scroll of Luke. Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke, but he also wrote Acts. And for years, in your Bible, Luke and Acts are separated by John. It, for years, it was two scrolls put like that. They're two volumes of the same thing. Luke wrote both. And get this, I want to slug it. Luke's the only Gentile writer of anything in the Bible. Everything else in the Bible is written by Jews. All the Old Testament written by Jews, Jewish prophets, Jewish holy men, Jewish seers, Jewish military leaders, Jewish chroniclers, Jewish songwriters. Everything in your New Testament. Matthew, Mark, John, Paul. Everything in your New Testament. Written by Jewish people. Except Luke. Luke was Greek. Luke was not coming from a Jewish Bible point of view. Luke was a doctor. Now get it, guys, because this is important. Doctors are men of science. They are men of detail. If your doctor is a good doctor, he notices everything. He looks for the details. He looks for the little things. But get this. Doctors are not interested in knowledge for knowledge's sake. Doctors amass knowledge to put the pieces together to get a conclusion. If you got a doctor that's worth anything, he doesn't just diagnose, but he knows how to prescribe. Get it. The knowledge is not enough. So we're talking about a man who is trained to get all the details and put the pieces together to get us to a conclusion. Now, how does this affect the Bible? 
There's some things you know and you don't even know. Do you understand Luke is the only person who tells us about Christmas? There's no Elizabeth in any other gospel. There's very little about Mary. Matthew's the only one that mentions Mary in its two verses. But all Christmas, that's Luke. The Bible tells us in Luke that the angel came to see Mary and told her this, and she said that. And the angel came to see Joseph and said, don't worry about marrying that pregnant girl, the baby's mine. And the Bible says that all the things about shepherds, and there's a little bit about wise men in Matthew, but not much. All the shepherds and angels and wise men, all that, that's Luke. Why? Because Luke's the detailed guy. Luke is the guy getting all these pieces. Now let me ask you another question real quick here. Put this all together, guys, and see what we're dealing with here. There's time after time after time in the Gospel of Luke that Luke tells us Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about pondering them in her heart. She kept these to herself. You tell me. Who could have told him that? One woman, Mary. Now in that first church, Mary sat on the front row. She was a church member. I don't know about y'all. I would love to pass through that church. I have Jesus' mom over there. She works at the pop But Luke is the... Guys, there's so much of the story, we wouldn't know if Luke had not said, Mary, let's have a cup of coffee, and I want you to tell me how did it happen. How did it start? You were 13. What happened? How did you feel about that? And Mary tells Luke, there's a lot of this I hadn't told anybody. I just kept it in my heart. See, it's Luke that gets it out of him. Because Luke is the doctor looking for the details that make a, a, an important point later on. Are you getting my point here? God picked the doctor. Now, the crazy thing about this is, in this time, doctors weren't like doctors now. Doctors were slaves. You bought one. If you wanted one, you bought one. And you owned him. Now, it was an expensive slave because he had all his training. But the doctor didn't have a separate practice. A guy named Theophilus owned Luke. And what most scholars, the people that I would say I looked a lot prepared for this, most scholars believe a wealthy guy that's Greek named Theophilus was Luke's owner. He got saved. Theophilus got the message of Jesus and got saved. And he told his doctor, go to Jerusalem and find out everything you can about this Jesus and about the way. That's what they call Christianity, is the way. Find out everything. I know you're a detailed guy. Bring me a full account. So Luke writes two scrolls. The first one is Jesus. The second one is after the ascension. Look at Luke 1. I want you to see it because it's right here in your Bible. Luke is writing back to his owner. It seemed fitting to me as well, having investigated everything carefully. Thank God for a guy that investigated everything carefully and wrote it down. From the very beginning, it seemed good to me to write it out for you in an orderly sequence. Most excellent Theophilus. That's his owner. So that you might know the exact truth about the stuff you've been taught. You've heard about Jesus. You've heard about miracles. You've heard about his teaching. But let me give you the full story. 
That's Luke 1. Look at Acts 1. Now that first book I wrote you, that first scroll I sent you, Theophilus, all about what Jesus began to do and began to teach till the day he was taken up in heaven. After that, he'd given orders by the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he'd chosen. You want to know a really, really cool fact about Luke? All the Gospel of Luke and the first 15 chapters of Acts, Luke says he went there, they did this, these guys did this, they did that. But if you're, if you're careful and read carefully, all of a sudden in the 15th chapter of Acts, Acts 15 16, Luke says, and we went here and we did this. And Paul and all the guys and we all traveled here. Luke gets on the boat with Paul. And Luke is his companion until Paul's death. So all of a sudden, Luke is not just reporting the action. He's a eyewitness. He's standing there. He's in it. And it, it's a subtle change. If you don't know it, if you don't read carefully, you never see that whoa, 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 all of that we got in the boat. We had a shipwreck. We, and, and Luke is standing there. Can you imagine, guys? Think this through for a second. Luke had the time and took the time to sit down with Mary, to sit down with Peter, to sit down with James, to sit down with James, Jesus' brother, to sit down with Paul. I mean, if you're traveling, any of y'all ever been camping? How many of y'all know there's a lot of time where you just are talking? That's kind of the point of camping. Luke lived with Paul for years. Luke gets all this stuff, and thank God he did. I mean, it is wonderful. But the point I'm trying to get you to here is the book of Acts is normal Christianity. It is not what happened to them way back when because they needed the Holy Spirit. It, guys, I'm telling you, every time somebody gets saved in, in Acts, it looks the same. It just looks the same. How do we come to salvation? Well, guys, it, it's in Acts. Repent of your sins. Turn from your way. Give your heart to Jesus and confess Jesus with your mouth. Then turn around and be baptized. Where did we even get the plan of salvation? All of us have lived with all our lives. Acts. Acts. Luke was showing us what's normal. Now, if you're like me and you were raised Episcopal, nobody told you the other half of the story. They didn't tell me the other half of the story. But I'm just, and again, I'm not trying to turn you into H.E. people. I'm not trying to make you Pentecostal. I'm trying to get you to look at the details and see what Luke considered normal. But every time somebody in, in the book of Acts gets saved, the very next thing on their mind is, don't have the Holy Ghost since you believe? Have you received the Holy Spirit? Philip goes to Samaria, preaches, a bunch of people get saved. What is the first thing he does? Philip says, I, I don't know how to minister the Holy Spirit to you. Hold on a second. I'm going to call back to the home church. And he calls back to Jerusalem and says, Send Peter and John. These folks need the Holy Ghost. Gosh, I'm going back to my roots. I'm sorry. But those of you that bothers you to hear him called the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. <laughs> Pneumatical soda. How about that? If you like it better in Greek, I can, I can say it. Guys, Paul shows up at Ephesus. And he said, Have y'all received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And, and the boys at Ephesus say, we're believers, but we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And Paul says, well, dear Lord, what kind of baptism do you guys get? And they said, water. And he said, we need to get y'all baptized in the Holy Spirit. The first Gentiles that get saved, 
Peter is sent by God to preach to this bunch. And it's so funny because Peter, God just, God messes with Peter. He really does. He messes with Peter. Because Peter ain't even finished with his sermon. And the people stand up and start getting saved. And Peter's going, I'm preaching here. And next thing you know, they're all getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Just, and you know the crazy thing is? Peter tells the boys back at the home church, I don't know what to do with these Gentiles. They got filled with the Holy Spirit just like we did. What does that mean? They spoke in other tongues. I'm not preaching tongues. I'm preaching open yourself up to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants you to do that. Don't fight Him. Don't quench Him. But I'm not trying to make you Pentecostal. I'm trying to get you to just look at what's there. Believe me. We will not push a viewpoint here. We're going to just look at Scripture. So let's jump on into Acts and see this. Acts 1. The first account I composed. Look at that. All that Jesus, what's the next word? Began. Began. How many of y'all know Jesus wasn't done when he ascended? So many people think, well, I'll tell you what, Jesus came and he lived those three and a half years and then he took powder and he's gone. Jesus snuck out on us. No, 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 Luke is very, he's very specific here. All that Jesus began to do and began to teach. How many of y'all know every one of the actions in the book of Acts is Jesus still working? Boy, I need to preach to a different bunch of y'all. How many of y'all know the guy that got healed at the temple gate? That was Jesus working through the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all know the woman that was delivered of a demon because she was going around hollering about Paul? These men are from God. They didn't shut up. Come out, demon. When Paul shakes off the venomous snake, into the fire. It's Jesus that was taken care of. It's Jesus. And so guys, hear me say this. I know that you've got Pentecostal people in this world who will tell you, oh brother, we're a Holy Spirit church. We're all about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you one thing, and I hope it doesn't rankle your assembly of God feathers, but the truth of it is, we are a Jesus church. That's right. And we're going to be a Jesus church. Now yes, the Bible says Jesus is the one who baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit, when He comes, is only going to talk about me. So it's Jesus. And guys, if you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit yet, hear me say this. Don't seek the Holy Spirit. Don't seek tongues. Seek Jesus. Go after Jesus hard. Lean into Jesus. Go for more Jesus. And believe me when I tell you, this happened to me when I was 17 years old. I was just trying to get closer to Jesus. The next thing I knew, I tripped up and was baptized in the Holy Spirit. My Episcopal Baptist self did not try to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was trying to get closer to Jesus. And just like everybody in the Bible that gets saved and tries to get closer to Jesus, the Holy Spirit was the next natural step. It just happens that way. All that Jesus began. Now, Trick question, I'm telling you up front, is a trick question. What was Jesus' last command when he was on the earth? Oh, Pastor, I know about that. It's go. Go ye into all the world. Maybe say, that great commission. How many of y'all heard Jesus said go? Go. Y'all heard that sermon before? You are go. What's Jesus' last words? Right before his feet lifted off the Mount of Olives and he ascended. To wait. Anyone? To wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait. Stay. It's, it's like you tell a dog, hold up, stay, sit. Jesus' last command before his feet lifted off the, the Mount of Olives and he ascended to the Father. 
is, is hold up. Look at what Scripture says. To these, he also presented himself alive after his suffering. Now, he's talking about the disciples here. Luke is saying, Jesus appeared to a bunch of people. Corinthians tells us he appeared to 500 at one time. So Jesus, and guys, hear me say this too. How many of y'all know crucifixion was not a private event? That's a pretty public thing. They walked him through the streets. Y'all remember that part? Yeah. And a bunch of people were at the Mount of Calvary and watched him die horribly. Right. He was publicly tortured, publicly killed. In fact, after he got up, he's, he, he ambushes these two guys on the road to Emmaus. Some of y'all know this story. There's two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they, they didn't know it was Jesus. But Jesus comes walking up on these boys walking, and he said, hey, y'all, what's up? And they said, oh, we were just talking about it. Things happened in Jerusalem. Boy, it was a mess. I'm telling you, it was a mess. And Jesus, just messing with them now, just to hear what they said, Jesus said, what was a mess? What happened in Jerusalem? And the two guys from Emmaus said, have you been living under a rock? Everybody knows what happened in Jerusalem. They crucified that Jesus the Nazarene. And half the people thought he was the Messiah. They thought he would come off that cross, but he didn't. And now we're all depressed because we thought he was the Messiah. How can you miss this? So everybody knew about the crucifixion. But look what it says. He presented himself alive after his suffering by many, boy, this is a doctor talking, isn't it? By many convincing proofs. That's a scientist talking there. That's a doctor talking. What were the proofs? Jesus himself said in the scripture. Jesus said, I'm not a ghost. Here, touch me. Put your fingers in the holes in my wrists. Put your hand in the cut in my side. Watch right here. Ghosts don't eat. Give me some fish. Right. He sat down and ate meal with him. He said, I'm not a ghost. Many convincing proofs. He appeared to him over a period of 40 days. That's a month and a week. He's, and he's talking about all this stuff about the kingdom of God. Hear me say this too. None of which was written down. I would give anything to hear one of his sermons after the resurrection, but God did not choose to let us know that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is given right here to be our teacher. The Holy Spirit is given to teach us all things and to tell us about Jesus. And Jesus, he commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem. Stay where you are, boys. Wait for that which the Father promised. He said, Father's promises to y'all and, and you've heard it from me too. And you've heard it from John. John the baptizer. He baptized you with water. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Now let's get this out of church language. I hate church language. Because it just makes things distant. Let me give you the, the Mississippi word for baptized. Because the word literally just means to immerse. Okay? It means to plunge under the waters. Okay? So here, let me, let me just give you the scripture in, in this city. John the Dunker dumped y'all in water. But in just a little bit here now, if you hang on, I'm going to dunk you myself in the Holy Spirit and fire. That's exactly what he's saying here. John dumped you under in water. But I, I, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible says don't take any one person's word for this. So here, let us take three different witnesses' word on this. 
and see if God really meant it. First, God Almighty. What did God say in Job? God said, in the last days, in the, in, I'm sorry, it doesn't say in the last days, but after these things, so I think the way that we were understanding the translation. You got the scripture, I know you do. Uh, yeah, it will come about. There we are. It will come about after this. The, the Hebrew there is in the last days. How many of y'all believe these are the last days? How many of y'all know these are more last than they were then? We are laster now than they were then. It's going to come about in the last days. Get it, guys. It's an act of God's volition. This is not because we're so holy or we're so smart we deserve it. This is something God just decided to do because he wanted to do it. It'll come about in the last days that I, God, will pour out my spirit, Ruach, my breath, my spirit, on all mankind. Your sons and your daughters, those of you that have problems with women, please take it up with the Almighty. I didn't write this, and I'm not the one that said women can prophesy. I just didn't say it, but he sure did. Right. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams, and your young men will see visions. I'm somewhere between. Sometimes a dream, sometimes I see a vision. I'm still in the middle. Hallelujah. Even on, and get this, even on the ones y'all don't think can get it, your male and female servants, the word here is bond slaves, those slaves, those people you own, your servants, I'm going to pour my spirit out on them too. There's no sense in you thinking you're here and they're there. Because right. God said, I'm going to equalize all of you. I'm going to pour my spirit out on all of you. Your male and female servants. Right. Guys, this was written to a much more male-dominated society than we live in. And God just said, I'm going to let your daughters prophesy, young men will prophesy sons and daughters. Male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days without asking anybody's permission. And look at this. And it will come about, thank God, anybody grateful for this, that everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Guys, we don't have any trouble believing that part, do we? Everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You can believe that? Yes. Good. Go back a slide, Andrea. How about this? You going to believe this too? I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Come on, Lord, pour it out. Pour it out on us. That's God talking. Now let's look at John the Baptist, or as I call him, John the Dunker. John the Dunker, the baptizer, responded to him saying, Look, guys, as for me, I am baptizing. I'm dunking you guys in water. But he, capital H, Jesus, he is coming who is mightier than I. And I'm not fit to even untie the straps of his sandals. He will plunge you into the Holy Spirit and fire. Well, Pastor, that doesn't match up with the way I was raised. Well, thank God you didn't deliver right now. <laughs> right? That's not what I was taught when I was a child. Well, you know what? You still learn. Hallelujah. And again, guys, please don't take my word for any of this. But you read your own Bible. That's why I give you these study sheets. It's got every scripture. And I am not scared for you to read scriptures before and after. Read the Bible for yourself. You can understand it. The devil has told you it's beyond you. It's a, the devil's a liar. Read it. John said, when you get baptized in water, there's something more. 
And Jesus himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Guys, this is before Jesus ever did any miracles. And then look at what Jesus himself said. Gathering them together, he said, don't leave. Wait till you get what the Father promised you. Which, look, you've heard about it from me. I've told you myself. Hold up. The Comforter's coming. The help. Anybody here need a Comforter? Anybody here need a Helper? Anybody here need a Reminder? The Holy Spirit is the Lord High Reminder. The Bible says He will remind you of all the things I've said to you, all the things I've done for you. Anybody other than me ever get into a time when I, my faith is just a little shaken and the Holy Spirit of God thumbs through the files in my own life and says, what about that? Yeah. Remember when God did this? Yeah. He's the reminder. He's the helper. I get in the middle of something and I'm like, God, I know you told me to do this, but I, I'm messing up. I, I can't do it. And the Holy Spirit comes right there and goes, you can't do it by yourself, but watch right here. You and me, we got this. Amen. Anybody here ever be a child and you have some bruiser come help you out on the tug of war? That's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You are sitting there struggling, you and your other friends who are all this tall. And y'all are just uh, straining, just, uh, and your heels are going forward because you're being pulled. And all of a sudden, here shows up the helper. And we got this stupid image of the Holy Spirit as some kind of light dove. Some kind of spirit that's just going. Because the Holy Spirit, all he does, Pastor, is give us goosebumps. Baloney, Holy Spirit comes walking up in there like Schwarzenegger. Right. He goes, you get to the chopper. I got this. <laughs> Holy Spirit grabs that robe and you are straining. But the Bible calls him our helper. And so the Holy Spirit grabs that robe and when he goes, alright boys, don't let me snatch you backwards. And he starts pulling all of a sudden. God, how many of y'all need a helper? Yes. Technology notwithstanding. I need a comforter. I need a helper. I need a reminder. Jesus said, wait. Because he's coming. John baptized y'all with water. But guys, you are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Not many days from right now. And get it, guys, there's no doubt in anybody's mind, the disciples he said those words to were already believers. Mm -hmm. Amen. He's not talking about salvation here. He's not talking about salvation. These people were committed, saved, had given their lives to Jesus. So we're not talking about salvation. Read it for yourself. Please don't take my word for it. Over and over I'm going to tell you that. Now, the disciples, so much like us. They wanted information. And Jesus said, what you need is power. The disciples wanted information. But Jesus said, you don't need information, dude. Ain't going to help you anyway. Look what the disciples say right before Jesus just ascends into the heavens. Jesus is about to lift off and go back into the clouds. And look what they're concerned with. So they asked Jesus, they came together and they began asking Jesus, Lord, is it the time right now that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Are you going to deal with these Romans and get us out from under this? And Jesus just goes, holy Moses. Moses is here. <laughs> Jesus is just outgunned with this. Because they are wondering about information. And I love Jesus' answer. Not your business. Jesus doesn't even pull any punches here with them. It is not for you to know. Periods of time or appointed time. 
Guys, don't get me wrong. If you want to study the book of Revelation till your ears fall off, God bless you. But I'm not going to argue you over the rapture and when it's coming and, and how it's going to line up and what Daniel's ten toes are. And I, I, so many of us, you go running from a Bible study to this preacher or this, this person, and we want more information, information, information. And Jesus says, you don't need information. What you need is power. That's right. You, it's not for you to know periods of time, a point in time. The Father has set by His own authority. Look what Jesus continues to say. But you need power. Once the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you are going to have power. And you will be able to be my witnesses. I love you shall be my It doesn't say you shall go witnessing. It says you just go witnessing everything you do. It's going to be me, me, me coming out of you. You don't need information. You need power. You need fuel. I'm telling you, some of y'all here, you are trying your dead level best to live the life God has set out in front of you, and the best power you got is a monster or a Red Bull. And you're not going to get it done with Red Bull. You can have so many caffeine drinks till you feel every hair you have growing, and you will not, it's not the power you need. The power you need is that Holy Spirit on the inside of you, superseding what you can do. And I'm telling you straight up, guys, because I love you. The Christian life cannot be lived by a good, committed human. Good, committed humans cannot pull this off. You're going to have to have something more. You need the fuel. You need an enablement. We're going to get into this in future messages as Jesus talks about it more, as the disciples talk about it more. But it, it is an enablement. It is a dunamis. The word there is dunamis. It's power. It's where we get our word dynamite. But it is an enabling at the core of your being. You need His Holy Spirit power. Well, Pastor, I don't know that I want a Pentecostal experience. Neither do I. Guys, there was a time in my life I walked away from church, walked away from God because the church really hurt me. I was young, I was in my 20s, and I was like, I, I've had enough of this now, I'm just done. And I'll never forget the meeting I had with my own Mississippi pastor, who was not my pastor at the time I walked away. I was away for three years, and I just told him, I said, I'm chucking this, I'm, I'm done. Because I'm tired of church, and church mess, and church politics, and church. And I walked into his office because God would not let me go and pour my being. And I walked into his office and I said, Pastor, look, I haven't come here to have an experience or to get in an altar and cry. I haven't come here for you to minister to me. But, Pastor, if you can promise me from this day forward that I can have a real living relationship with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit, then I'm all in. But I have no desire for any more church. And guys, get it. I don't know how else to say this to you. Christianity, without the power of the Holy Spirit as its engine, is religion. Christianity, without the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. My pastor always used to say, and it's one of my favorite things. We want information. What we need is power. My pastor always used to preach. What we want is an agenda. We want a listing of how the trick's going to go. And what God has chosen to give us is a guide. 
He doesn't give us an agenda. Amen? Amen. He gives us a guide. What you want is information. Well, what's coming, Pastor? What is that? What's, what's happening? Ah, what you get is a relationship. What you get is an empowering on the inside of you. Well, Pastor, I don't particularly know that I really want to speak in tongues. I don't know that I want to have an awful experience. I don't need the goosebumps. I don't need to holler. Ain't nobody talking about hollering and goosebumps. I'm talking about you need the power of the Holy Spirit if you're going to raise children in 2023. Amen. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Anybody here got two and three-year-olds in your house? They're terrorists. <laughs> Just telling you, you, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Guys, you need the moment-to-moment wisdom of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you if you're going to deal with kids and grandkids today. Amen. Because the questions that come... I was parenting back in the early 2000s. My daughter graduated in 2013. Thank God she belongs to somebody else now. But even in those days, questions I had no way to answer. I was just like, God, I need your help. God, I need... Anybody here got a daughter? You need the power of the Holy Spirit protecting that precious child. If somebody here got a son, you need the power of the Holy Spirit leading that boy. Amen. You need more than just good logic and good parenting skills and the latest course from Brother Yeh. I don't care who you talk about. You need more in your life. Anybody here got Anybody here ever like me? 17 years old. And I still have the same wish, the same dreams, the same desire. Anybody here ever wish that you could move in the power of the Holy Spirit like the disciples did just because you care? You ever come up on somebody who tells you, it's a, it's a terrible thing, and, and I don't know what we're going to do, Pastor. And wouldn't, and wouldn't you just kill to be able to say, I'm going to pray and God's going to touch you and it's going to get better. Not for my glory. Dear God, I don't care. I don't care if no one knows that I'm the one that prayed for you. That's right. I don't care. Guys, I'm going to tell you something, just to make a point. But it's something I very seldom say. Very seldom. I've been your pastor for seven years now. A little over seven years. How many of y'all know the story of the kid in St. Charles who fell through the ice and was dead for 20 minutes? Anybody know the breakthrough? You saw the movie, all this sort of stuff? You know what? The pastor in that story, he didn't show up until they got the boy, a pulse stabilized, and were taking him down to Cardinal Glennon downtown. You know who was standing outside the boy's door with the firefighters and who heard the mom throw herself across his feet? And some people say pray. Rebecca will tell you it was not right. She screamed. Holy Spirit, give me my son back, please. Me and Rebecca. Now, why haven't I ever told you that story? Why haven't I ever? Because you know what? The Lord spoke to my heart the day it happened and said, it will serve no purpose and bring me no glory for you to insert yourself in the story. Shut up. Let the glory go to Jesus. Amen. So I don't care. I don't care. If what, it's not me and my faith and my prayers and my... No, but guys, I so long to see the Holy Ghost touch people, heal people, change lives. And I want to see... It would be the biggest kick in the world 
If it could happen through my hand. If it could happen through something I would say, something I would just, and, and just me be, Lord, I don't want to do it. I just want to be there when you do it. I don't, I don't care if the power flows through me or somebody, oh, you're such a mighty man of faith and power. We all know I'm not. Just like we all know you're not. But hear me say this. Peter and John weren't either. Right. They weren't either. And every time somebody got healed and somebody tried to make something out of it, the disciples said, Lord, don't put us up on a pedestal. It was never us. It's the power of Jesus by the Holy Spirit through us. Right. You don't put any glory on his mind. And that's not fake humility. That's just an understanding of the way it is. But guys, you need this power. And hear me say this, and we're done for the day. Guys, you need the power of the Holy Spirit to move through your life because just like I preached last week, your world needs you to fulfill your calling. That's right. You have destiny. You have called. God has put stuff in your hand that is for you to do. And you're going to have access to people that they're not going to listen to anybody else. And, oh my gosh, it's just so real with me, so present with me right now. There are people in your life that there's a mama, there's a grandma, miles and miles away that is begging God, please strengthen that person in their life. Open their mouth. Give them boldness. Give them strength. Give them the right words, God. There's a mama in Louisiana praying for you. There's a mama in New Mexico praying because you're the only person that is in their son's life who can speak a word for God. But you're sitting right there. And the Holy Spirit's living on the inside of you. Your world. Guys, you don't have to go very far to find people hurting, people needing healing, people needing a touch from God, people needing wisdom, people needing connection. And you need the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. So Jesus says, don't try to go up here half cocked. And I have seen so many wonderful, sincere people who are trying to please God in their unpowered self. And guys, Jesus never intended it. Jesus said, look, you know what? If this machine's going to work, you're going to have to get your flux capacitor to get to 1.21 gigawatts. And the Holy Spirit is at 1.21 gigawatts. It's going to make your flux capacitor hit when you hit 88 miles an hour. Now, if you didn't get that analogy, please go watch Back to the Future. <laughs> but you're trying to do something in your own power that you are you will never be capable of doing. Because you can't heal anybody anyway. You can't change your life anyway. God's not thank God He's not expecting us to. Right. He's expecting you to be conduit. He's not expecting you to be powerful. But you shall receive power. Guys, look at what Jesus said. Look at these words. Go back. Go back, go back please. You will, not might. It's not those of you that are holy enough. It's not those of you that, yeah, if you prayed enough, no, 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 you stay away from sin enough, you did it. Guys, God poured that Holy Spirit out on fishermen. Poured the Holy Spirit out on unaided. In fact, what did the people of the town say about the disciples after the power of the Holy Spirit started moving through them? Lord, that's a bunch of hoosiers. 
I'm sorry, let me quote the scripture. For lo, it is obvious to us that these are uneducated men. Oh, that's a bunch of hoosers. Same thing. The people around them that saw the Holy Spirit moving through them understood. That ain't them. It's not going to be you either. God is not expecting you to be God in the situation. He's not expecting you to be Jesus in the situation or be the power itself. But boy, don't go out there trying to do this till you get what the Father promised you. And guys, this is what this whole series is going to be about. Now, I'm going to stay straight up. This entire series really is not the acts of the apostles. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see at every turn how God's Holy Spirit longs to do what He wants to do in your life and in the lives of everybody you come in contact with. It just has to do with, we've got to get done. Well, Pastor, I have a little bit of Holy Spirit. I, I got some that in 1952. I was praying for See, and I got these two stomachs, and I got a little bit of Holy Spirit. No, you need to be hit with enough that it just comes out your pores. It just boils out of you all the time. It just boils out. The Holy Spirit just boils out of you. And I mean, you get up next to somebody, and they're like, Guys, believe me. Have you last thing we're just going to dismiss because I'm never going to be finished with this message. Here we said that. <laughs> Have you ever been in somebody's presence that really connected with God? Yep. I'm talking about somebody that you just get around them, and boy, you could tell they had prayed through. They had. Really, I mean, we're really connected to the Holy Spirit. And there's just a difference in the atmosphere of the room. Because these people are there. Guys, my prayer for every one of us in this room is that God turn us into that. Turn me in. Not weird. Not somebody that inhales through clenched teeth just to be make a... Don't be weird. But be full. Thank you for listening to this message from Troy First Assembly of God. We would love for you to join us on a Sunday morning if you're in the area. Our address is 432 South Lincoln Drive in Troy, Missouri. Otherwise, you can connect with us on Facebook. The link for our Facebook page can be found below.